Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 82. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, sometimes family can be one of the most complicated things of life. We could spend all our days getting better at marriage or parenting or being a more loving son or daughter, let alone all of these things. It would seem like throwing spiritual vision for our families would be just one more thing on top of an ultra-complex subject. But the truth says otherwise. Check it out. There was a newlywed pastor who was giving a sermon called Five Ways to Raise Godly Kids. After having a few toddlers, he changed the title to Five Suggestions for Raising Good Kids. By the time his kids got to the teen years, it became Feeble Hints for Fellow Strugglers. You know, it takes about a week of parenting to join the club, just wishing that there was a manual out there. Some days we can feel like an exhausted George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life going, why do we go and have all these kids anyway? And that's just with parent and child relationships. When you throw on marriage and in-laws and family blends, you know, family gets complex. How is it that we can make it a little bit more simple, make family a little simpler? Wait, Brian, I bet you're going to have the Sunday school answer here, aren't you? Jesus. Won't that make things more complex? Just one more thing to throw on top of it? I mean, we've already got karate and gymnastics and 4-H and play practice and doctor's appointments and yada, yada, yada. Who needs one more thing in life? Yes, I do believe spiritual vision will simplify things. Not because it's an add-on, but because it redirects all that we do. As we'll see in Psalm 127, verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guards keep watch in vain. I've been having this thing for bold openings to passages, haven't I? Unless the Lord builds it, it will fail. It's a pretty good reason for having spiritual vision for a house, because house can be applied pretty universally here. We can have a literal house, we can be talking about a family, we can be talking about a whole nation. If the Lord doesn't build it or the Lord doesn't bless it, odds are it won't last. See, we can get into trouble when we think family is what it's all about, and it's all about family, and I certainly get that idea, but the trouble comes in when family becomes inward-focused. And we see this in one biblical family, as Abraham is offered the promise of of the ultimate family in Genesis 22. When this old man uh, is blessed with the opportunity, God tells him in 22, 17, he he says, I will indeed bless you. I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and the sands that are on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies. The ultimate promise of family to this man and his wife, Sarah. Now, they have one son, uh, Isaac, who has two kids, Jacob and Esau, and Isaac is married to uh, a wife, Rebecca, who unfortunately plays favorites, and there starts this whole soap opera of deceit and infighting within the family, and selfish rules the day, and only one promise after, or one generation after the promise. They all are internally focused. See, why was the promise given to Abraham? He's, God says right in the next verse, in twenty-two eighteen, 18, he says, by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. See, the family was blessed to be a benefit for the nations, for outward focus, not to be all about trying to make everything inside the family perfect. There's the shift. An outward focus looks beyond itself. An inward focus gets stuck in the day-to-day at best. 
when maybe you're having uh, you know, a conversation in your family and it's all about what's the schedule and who's picking up who and what's going on next. And you know, we can only last for maybe a season with that kind of family life. At some point, we've got to be or looking more outward is the family exists for God and the world, according to this promise, not for itself. Before sabbatical, I drove home this theme about being a part of a mission that's bigger than yourself. And family certainly fits that bill. Going on in verse 2, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. Again, it's a reminder that focusing on our own efforts doesn't get us anywhere. Because it can be easy to think that if we just grind it out harder, our family life is going to be better. Our life is going to be better somehow. Maybe if we make more money so our vacations are more epic. Maybe if we're a part of every child event so that we can outdo our Facebook rival. Now, there's certainly nothing against honest work or an honest day for an honest pay. But going back to verse 1, unless the Lord builds it, the builders labor in vain. All scholarship aside, I've seen this personally happen by those who lived and breathed family first, and it's all about family. And they applied superhuman efforts to make family life great. They had Beverly Hills-style house, international vacations, designer everything everywhere. But you know what it was? It was ultimately a house of cards. And 20 years of grinding and personal effort fell in months. I want to encourage you on this because I never really answered that whole idea of, you know, who needs one more thing. See, one more thing can be like Sunday morning faith that just gets slapped onto life. You know, picture the person who says, I work six days a week and now you want me to give up Sunday morning. How is that not one more thing? Well, I get that. I've had people say that. That one more thing mindset, it's like duct tape on your family life. It doesn't strengthen much. And you know what? When things go rough, it's probably the first thing that's going to fall off or when things go messy. But contrast that with the idea out of verse 1 and 2, the Lord builds the house. It's like faith being woven into all areas of family. It influences our relationships, our decisions, our discipline, our parenting. All the different areas are integrated and tied together with our faith. And when that happens and things get rough, our faith strengthens rather than just falls off. Kind of like the idea in one of the Proverbs that you know a cord of three strands is, is tough to pull apart. And this is where that psalm, where the Psalm 127 gets universal because it applies whatever your current family makeup is. You know, the Psalm continues talking about kids and children, and it can be real easy if that's not your family makeup to check out. Whether you're just a couple or you're a spread out family all over the country or all over the world, or you're the proverbial Brady Bunch, when family has an outward focus, they get help from above. And we'll discuss how we do that or how that happens in a minute, but well, let's give the psalmist his say on children, because it is a part of many people's lives, whether it's children or grandchildren. Going on to verse 3. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. And we can often want to translate this as children. You know, children are indeed a heritage, and there's certainly uh, no doubt daughters are a blessing. But remember, especially in the Old Testament, these are words that are written into a specific culture. And sons were the ones who provided security for the family. Um, they were the ones who defended the family when issues were settled at the city gate. So you see in verse 4, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons of one's youth. And we often read in many biblical stories about sonless widows being doomed when there are a person's, a woman's husband has passed away. And if they don't have sons, they have nobody to take care of them. And so they're kind of left, left out to dead. 
And that's the cultural idea behind, or the cultural setting behind this idea. So, you know, don't shoot the messenger. Going on to verse 5. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks of his enemies at the gate. There's that idea of the, the son was the one who went and defended the family at the city gate. So hence why that idea comes about, about translating sons, our heritage, from the Lord. But certainly, you know, we can think of it as children because there are certainly blessings to daughters. I have two myself, so I certainly hope that's the case. The writer gives us some practical reasons for having children or looking at children as a blessing. We've covered how they protect family, but also they can bring a unique joy. If the psalmist had gone on, verse 6 might have been, oh yeah, there's grandkids too. But kids can help family have an outward focus for this reason. Kids are great teachers. Sure, they may not know a lot of facts, but they are brutally honest mirrors. And whether they're imitating you or calling you out, or their responses to something you say or do make you wonder if there's another or a better way, your blind spots really come to full light when kids are around. So if you want an outward-focused family or an outward-focused life, you know, kids can definitely help you get there, whether they're your own or just those that are around your community. Trust me, I say this as a parent with more D-minus days on my report card than just about anybody. But here's the ultimate acid test. Live like there's a three-year-old watching. Because you know what? (laughs) There just might be. So practically speaking, how can we keep family focused outward? I'll give you two ideas here. First, what would it look like to have family devotions? You know, we often will do devotions uh, maybe by ourselves or something like that. What if we did it with family or at least another part of our family? As an example, this is something Andrew and I started doing maybe a couple of months ago as his bedtime reading. And you know, he gets excited about choosing devotional plans and how what we are reading in devotions applies to or connects with what he's learning about in chapel or in school. If it's your thing, you know, check out some devotional books or booklets. They're very easy to get, certainly here at the church. Or if you are a device person, check out the YouVersion app, Y-O-U version, which is our choice for it because of all the multitude of Bible plans that are out there. But it serves as a catalyst for being outward focused rather than being constantly stuck in the day-to-day and just talking about the schedule and what's for dinner and all that kind of stuff. Another idea. What would it look like to have a family mission statement? You may see signs for Joshua 24, 15, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Or me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That can be a great start. But the thing is, that's somebody else's words. What do you think God's calling your family to be? What values are important? I find this really helpful with kids because it can simplify so much. If we were to do it, we'd probably have a top value or most important value as respect because almost every squabble between us and the kids can be answered with is that being respectful so much comes under that filter or that funnel now to be sure they get plenty of loophole attempts our kids do but it gives us focus and and does simplify things simplify family simplify parenting at least a little bit and if our three go into the world understanding respect you know what i'm going to call that a win so in your bulletin this week you have your next steps. Try out a devotional plan for a week, even if it's just reading the Bible with somebody else in your family. That can be perfectly fine. It doesn't have to be a devotion. But also consider this. What would a three-word mission statement look like? It's not The point isn't to write it in stone, but to just think about and have the discussion about what's important and put it into words. And then, let the Lord get to building what cannot be destroyed. 
Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. See you next week in the Woodlane Worship Podcast.